episode of the Be The Light podcast. I'm Marilyn. And I'm Melissa. And we're glad you're joining us. Today we're going to be spending some time talking about something that's very exciting to us, which is lithotherapy. The practice of using stones and crystals for healing. What is lithotherapy? How does it work? What is it going to do for me? We run into it all the time with our practice that most people come in here and they may have never even thought about picking up a stone to work with. Then we have clients who've always been attracted, just like we have been, you know, as children, sparkly, pretty crystals and stones, or you're on your travels and you pick up a rock because it means something it has significance to you but i think most people would think that that's an emotional connection and maybe not really realizing all these other things that are at work right Mm -hmm. so every there's there's a continuum of that of people who are either have no clue never thought about it or people who've always been attracted to it but have no knowledge as to why they like stones i mean my mom is the perfect example of that (laughs) my mother my 83 year old mother my whole life would always want to have some kind of rock or stone. We had big agates and petrified Mm -hmm. wood, and she might get a quartz cluster or have carvings out of alabaster. And out at the farm, you know, it was really rocky, jippy land out there. And one year, my dad, when he was plowing the field, found this beautiful, large, naturally heart-shaped pink gypsum rock. Mm. that to this day is at her front door. I know. It's the most precious thing ever. I think he found that for her maybe in 1989. I mean, a long time ago. It was really sweet. So here's my mom who has no clue about what it is, but yet you're going to learn today, our beloved listeners, if you've been attracted to stones and you don't know why, you're going to start putting these pieces together because we're going to kind of fill that in for you today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Most people are really unsure of how to incorporate or begin to really incorporate stones into their lives Mm -hmm. as healing tools. So we're excited to get to share and just break it down for you. Make it real simple. simple. We're going to give you the super fun. We're we're not going to go too in depth. Let's just start really quickly. Lithotherapy. Let's just break down the definition of what it is. Okay. It is a vibrational healing modality, energetic healing modality that is both rooted in ancient wisdom and the scientific principle of entrainment of vibrational frequency. That's it in its simplest form. Because everything, as we all know, has a vibrational frequency. Everything. And all these different vibrational frequencies 
of every type of matter in the universe is going to have a dominant oscillatory rate, the DOR. And the coolest thing about crystals and minerals and stones, and by the way, we use those terms interchangeably. Crystals and minerals and stones have an unwavering vibrational frequency. Their DOR does not waver. It would take something extremely immensely powerful that's not going to happen with you working with them to knock them out of their vibrational frequency state. So what is this vibrational frequency based on with the stones? A crystal or mineral's vibrational frequency, their dominant oscillatory rate is going to be based upon, one, the chemical composition of the stone. Number two, the internal crystalline lattice structure of it. Every type of mineral has its own unique internal crystalline structure. And then the third element of its vibrational frequency is its color. So that we know that these three things come together and create that stone's unique vibrational frequency. So as human beings, we're extremely dynamic. We've got our physical bodies, our emotional bodies, our mental, our, our, our spiritual. We have all of these different systems at work. Even within our own physical bodies, yes. everything is vibrating right. at different rates. There's so many different components to our physical bodies. I know. Just all the, how your organs are working together, your muscles, blood, your, your bone, blood. All of it. Yeah. Everything in it. All of the neurological activity. I mean, the my electrical gosh, it's literally impulses. you have your own electrical impulse system in there. You know, come on. So... We, we deal with a lot of stress as human beings in this world. And when this stress is, I would say, probably the predominant cause of entropy in human beings, stress on the body, stress on the mind, stress on the spirit, we have this beautiful natural element that the earth has, has given us in the form of crystals and minerals. So what happens when you put this steady unwavering vibrational frequency in the field of something that is chaotic or erratic or, you know, it's in the state of entropy, that chaotic vibrational frequency, and we're basing this on a principle well, of entrainment, the theory of entrainment being that for humans, our vibrational frequency will either rise or lower itself to meet the steady vibrational frequency of what it's put into its field. And in this case, we're talking about stones and minerals. So when you have this common period of these vibrational frequencies together, it creates a much more optimal environment for healing to begin happening, even though this is a very subtle energetic modality when you're able to entrain to that frequency of the stone some really radical healing can take place i mean it's a, a pretty amazing modality that human beings have been working with since the beginning of the beginning once again <laughs> we're going to bring it back to graham hancock <laughs> and this <laughs> you know Beautiful human being on the leading edge of trying to explain to people 
that this earth is way older. There have been civilizations have risen and fallen over millennium of way before. I mean, like what we know is nothing. Tens of thousands, literally hundreds of thousands. Yes, yes, yes. When we got started in researching the history of lithotherapy, because once again, we're nerds and we love <laughs> to research stuff like that, and it's exciting, we just made so many fascinating discoveries that you just, you can't make it up. It's been going on and on and on. So nobody is talking about the 40,000-year-old chert and hematite mine in Bulgaria. It would be quite an undertaking to have this kind of a mine 40,000 years yeah. ago where they were extracting hematite and chert mm-hmm. and um, using it to, they had these elaborate smelting operations and there have been so many mines where they have found all kinds of extensive lapidary equipment. Making beads where they were, tens yes. of thousands of years before they should have been able to make a bead. <laughs> I mean, that's like hard word making a bead. You have to have a big chunk of rough stone to get down and polished on to make a Which bead. Which is the tools alone that the, it would take. I, I can't even imagine like how that long that would have taken or how they would have done that in what way. But once again, see, it's this idea of like anything in the past, anything that was ancient would have had to have been like very rudimentary or basic and we're so full of ourselves right i mean it's ridiculous to think that like give me a break i think it's incredible when you think about neanderthals mining red ochre Mm -hmm. well let's see what are you doing with red ochre are you painting with it probably painting probably yeah so we're probably making some 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 extensive beautiful cave paintings in exactly France Spain <laughs> that whole area is full of it full of beautiful art mm-hmm. well i think it's it's quite impressive when you think about that so i'm like that's only what we've discovered and it'll be shortly that there will be another discovery mm-hmm. and that is going that record's going to be Push back even further. And the point is, you know, next to Flint, sure, it's going to be a pretty good thing to be able to cut with, to utilize, to fashion any kind of arrows or whatever out of it. I mean, there's um, lots of uses for chert. But when you get into having beads, you're wearing that. You're adorning your body with that. There's some knowing the power and the importance of having a stone next to you. Mm-hmm. And it's not just ornamentation. Then, of course, if we fast forward from Sumeria to Babylonia, anywhere in Mesopotamia, moving into Egyptians, people used stones and minerals. I mean, the mineral makeup collection of Egyptian men and women alone. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, from lapis lazuli to malachite. Now, they didn't quite know the dangers of using galena for eyeliner. Which is full of lead. It's some lead poisoning is happening. And I bet it took them a while to figure that out. It probably did. Because that's a slow, it's a slow, slow death. death. From eyeliner. So think about that when you're doing your eyes next time. <laughs> think about how close that is to such a 
mucusy part of your body to soak it in. <laughs> Lead poisoning. That word again, please. <laughs> mucusy. <laughs> well, what would you rather me say? Moist. <laughs> Oh, God, please. Delicate. Ugh. I can handle del- moist. Some people have a real aversion to that word, which I never really knew until I mean, recently. maybe if you were putting it that close to your eyeball, it wouldn't be a slow, painful death. Maybe they were able to discover that pretty quickly. But I'm sure there were a lot of makeup casualties. I don't know that I would want malachite or lapis on my <laughs> eyes either, to be quite honest, when they're pulverized like that. But this is where makeup started you know not just the juice of a choke cherry or a berry or something for rouge or a little lip little little lip color but actually utilizing minerals in that no way one did and they, makeup well, like the egyptians let's no, just call it what it is you want to get an eyeliner you get an ancient egyptian <laughs> makeup artist <laughs> and so and not only that, we can look at all of the sacred items that you would find in an Egyptian tomb. Yes. The sarcophagus is alone or covered in Adorned. all kinds of precious jewels and gemstones and and, and very much aligned. I mean, especially mm-hmm. in the headpieces. Um, very much aligned with things that we now know would be something that you would use for greater intuition mm-hmm. and connection to all that is right. and heart expansion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, of course, people in positions of power and leadership would want those stone allies mm-hmm. on their body oh, and yeah. around them at all times. I mean, sometimes I just get lost in imagining at what point did humans even figure out how to even find these things? Isn't that an interesting thing to think about? Well, I'm sure that the (laughs) earth looked very different back then. Oh, it did. So Mm -hmm. there's no way to tell. We'd Mm -hmm. be basing it on our own perspective. Exactly. And where's that going to get you? So we can establish without a shadow of a doubt that all over, so many different cultures, people, places on the planet have utilized stones and minerals for healing, for adornment, for connectivity to spirit, of course, for utilitarian purposes. In ancient China, (laughs) during the 1100s, you want to know where those awesome shades that you're wearing on your face, who really honed that, were these ancient Chinese judges. And they did not want people to see their eyes when they were interrogating them. So they had sunglasses sliced and fashioned from smoky quartz. Now, for any of our mineral friends out there, Chinese smoky quartz can be really dark. dark. And it was so clever. I would love some smoky quartz sunglasses. Yes, please. I mean, my God, the Chinese were way ahead of clearly what we're seeing in other parts at this particular time in history during that time period of the early part of the 12th century. They utilized a stone library for people to come and check out stones to assist them for their healing. 
which was the coolest thing because we had already made our own stone library here at the cottage yes. for our clients for the same reason. And when we learned about that practice and that they actually had them because, you know, your regular person who is not royalty or of the upper classes or anything, they're not going to get a ruby, mm-hmm. but then go get a red jasper. Yeah. That is going to just check it out and you check it out and use it until you're feeling better. Solving the problem. Bring them back when you're done. Bring them back when you're done. They don't when have they've to be, done the work. When they've done you the can work. Bring them back. I think it's a great idea. I, I think mean, it, ours yeah, is it's just incredible. a small, I mean, it's stone libraries. Well, in addition to that, there are mentions of stones and crystals in so many sacred texts we know that in Hindu texts, they make references to stones and crystals in the Quran. Mm-hmm. And the book that I'm probably most familiar with from my upbringing, the Bible, refers to stones and crystals hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. The story that I think is so fascinating personally, and I remembered thinking that it was really interesting when I was little and we learned about it in Catholic school was the story about the breastplate of Aaron. Oh yeah. So the story is that God instructed Moses to make this breastplate for Aaron. And it was supposed to have 12 specific stones that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. And Aaron was supposed to wear it whenever the tribes were gathering and got together and were making decisions. It's incredible, really. There's been a lot of people that have tried to figure out based on just what stones were in the area, the exact stones. I mean, they. I think they're pretty certain of the colors of the stones, and there's been some guesses as to what the stones are, but... It's really beautiful. Just another representation of the importance or how people felt about utilizing stones in such a sacred and holy way. I'm just going to say that I would love to sit and talk to God about how exactly he picked the 12 stones to represent the 12 tribes. And I'm sure it was based on the vibrational frequency, right. what they meant, how they handled themselves. Right. You know, how they the, corresponded to each one of those stones would be everything. I mean, it's basically taking that energy of the stone and representing an entire group of people right. or the energy of a group of people vibrationally matched to that stone. You know what I mean? As it's just really fascinating. by God. Right. I mean, to me, knowing what I know about stones and having used them for many, many, many years, it makes total sense. Absolutely, it does. (laughs) And, you know, I think that the word protection was also used, that, you know, these these were sacred and holy and were supposed to protect the 12 tribes. I also believe that in the scripture of the purpose specifically of Aaron's, there was also an element of it being worn to determine judgment of behavior. It's the breastplate of the high priest Mm -hmm. of the highest of the high, you know, that's going to be able to do that. So like, I'm always kind of curious what happened to the breastplate of Aaron? 
where where did it go? You know, I mean, it ran off with the Holy Grail and the other thing. The other thing. What's the other thing from Raiders of the Lost Ark? What's that? That would be the Lost Ark. The Lost Ark. (laughs) The Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. Basically. Which takes us back to Grammy. Takes Once again, to because he thought he found it in Ethiopia. It that's, how in he, that's how that's he. That's how he ended went up on to go find it. That's and how it was he there. ended up getting into uh-huh. doing what he's doing. I know he was on that even, trip as a journalist, right? So anyway, the breastplate of Aaron, the Holy Grail, and the Ark of the Covenant are all. They're in a, in a warehouse <laughs> that the government is holding on to. Indiana Jones is real. <laughs> it was not. A fictional movie. It's more like a documentary. <laughs> well, let's not get started on the crystal skulls. Oh, again. well, we, we left that one out. <laughs> Hidden on in plain sight. Hidden in plain sight in, you know, a Mayan uh, temple. But we digress. We have digressed completely, but that's okay because we're going to bring it back around because the, the other thing when you're thinking about the history of lithotherapy and most people don't make this connection because they do think crowns are pure adornment. Crowns came around in the beginning as a connection with the divine, as a connection with heaven. Even if it was just made of metal. Right. And as things progressed, stones were utilized. There's all kinds of very old and ancient crown pieces. And always, just like we were talking about with the Egyptians, it correlates the stones would be utilized for that type of connection with the divine anyway. Mm-hmm. Also stones to have fairness. You know, there was a lot of intent. Right, and you're putting it around your head, which is the seat of your intuition, mm-hmm. your dream states, mm-hmm. your consciousness, mm-hmm. and your brain. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, let's talk about St. Hildegard because St. Hildegard is near and dear to your heart. Yes, we love St. Hildegard. We were more than thrilled to find out that there was a patron saint of lithotherapy. For real. I I mean, mean, that was the coolest thing ever. Like, we had a big party. We did, and we celebrated her. We created St. Hildegard Feast Day and had a big potluck dinner. Which is really cool. I think it we was did that very cool. twice. Did we do it two years in a row? I think we did it two years in a row. I love it. I think we missed it the last year, but maybe we'll bring it back this year. But St. Hildegard von Bingen, mm-hmm. born in 1098 mm-hmm. in Germany. And she had some special gifts that her parents didn't quite know what to do with. And I'm talking clairvoyance, clairaudience. She, she was at the time, you would have called it a mystic. A mystic. She was a seer. Mm-hmm. And she had full five-sense visions, which means they included all five senses, which right. is pretty amazing. Her parents were kind of concerned. And so when she was very small, they sent her away to be raised in a small forest cottage by a woman named Juta, who was a nun. And basically, it was just the two of them living alone in this cottage. So Juta taught her how to read and write and meditate. 
But she taught herself how to play the psaltery, and she composed all kinds of beautiful musical compositions that are haunting. Lots of chanting, lots of singing in these musical compositions. Mm -hmm. Very unusual key signatures and tempos. Yes, and her music always reflected what other people would consider maybe the mysteries of the world and the connection to the divine. And she seemed to have this, this real deep knowing of how things worked. So at the age of 42, God specifically asked her to write down the visions that she was having and to, to write them down and write a book. So she started, and the first book took her about 10 years to write. So that's a pretty long time. Well, come on, think about it. They're handwriting that stuff in manuscript form. That's And it's such an in, intense, in-depth volume. I mean, there's just a lot of denseness of material. Right, in that especially book. when you realize that she's talking about creation, the structure of the universe, the connection between the body and the soul. Mm-hmm. She was talking about some deep stuff in her first book. It's like any channeled book now, right? God right. was telling St. Mm-hmm. Hildegard what to write in these visions, and she was giving it to the public. Right. Then her book, Physica, the next book that she wrote, the one that we think is deeply exciting, is where she really pinpoints specifically using things in the natural world for healing. And she was trying to get the word out that everything that can be found on the earth can be used for the healing of human beings. And that included plants stones and minerals, all kinds of herbs. She was really kind of like the mother of uh, holistic healing, too, or at least the spokesperson. Truly. I mean, I know that herbal remedies have been around for forever, but she certainly wrote them all down. She, in this book, stated that minerals and crystals were formed from fire and water, right? which is pretty rudimentary, but it's it's very heat true. and water and very true. <laughs> yes. You know? So she wasn't wrong. She was not wrong. Without being a geologist and digging into the ground herself, she had this knowing. She had been she had received this knowledge and put it out into the world through this book. Yeah. So in Physica she gives really detailed information about putting stones directly mm-hmm. on the body. Right using them for healing and she describes the different ailments and what 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 stone to use so it's actually really really cool and this was in the 1100s so i think that's an interesting point to bring up because at some point people want to know well how do you know what stones do what and we understand and we'll relay this to people because it's based on of course experience but if you also look, it all goes back and back and back. And this is another just, we cannot exalt St. Hildegard enough because of her work and writing it out. 
Well, and she was so revered. And I mean, revered. I mean, the Pope. Kings would the, seek her consult th- to have her. Well, and part of it was because the Pope gave her the stamp of the of approval. Right. And, yes. and, and she went and visited with the Pope. And the Pope basically said, yes, you have my your, your visions are from God. And yes. I want you to keep writing right. books. And I, keep, not, I want you to get the information out there. And she was like a public speaker. I mean, she went from country to country, oh, yeah. traveling, traveling around, giving lectures. A woman in the 1100s. Right. You know, I mean, talking about off, some you know, pretty I mean, yeah. interesting yeah. stuff. Some pretty controversial stuff. And you don't hear about her very much. Ask any, I mean, come on. Did you know who she was as a Catholic? Never heard of her. Right. Well, she was only canonized yeah, in, she was 2012, canonized in 2012. Which it took so, him a really long time considering the fact that she died, she in, died in, what, in 11... She died in 1179. It took him a while. Come on, Catholic Church. <laughs> a minute. Come on, give me a break. Well... <laughs> She is a woman, and we'll just leave leave that there. Another reason why it's important for us to discuss the history is just to be able to give people a bit of a a panoramic view. This isn't some new age thing that came around in the 60s. No, nobody's throwing some blue beads on you and telling you that it's all okay. Now, this, this practice of using lithotherapy is... It's it's been around since the beginning, and what's been the cool thing is is now we're at a place because of the scientific principles that exist today in our modern day and age that we have become much more deeply aware of how it works from this perspective: vibrational frequency entrainment, and being able to have an understanding of ele- electromagnetic fields. Semyon Kurlian in 1939 accidentally, because the most great things that are discovered just are not intentional, discovered his format as some people may be aware of Kurlian photography. Maybe some people are, some people aren't. But it's a really cool way to be able to capture the movement of energy. Right, through a picture. Right. Basically, what happened is is him having uh, been able to put a crystal on these photographic plates and running a powerful electrical charge through it is how you capture and see, one, the energy that it exists, and two, how it's moving. Right. And this becomes an important element when you're beginning to work, especially with crystals. You know, we welcome anybody that, you know, has a lab and wants to test this out and to see about reproducing this or being able to produce these results that we're talking about today. Bring it on, man. Bring it on. Make it happen. But we know this to be true through our practice of utilizing stones for healing. Well, and... You can present me with all the scientific evidence in the world. I don't particularly need scientific proof to know whether or not something works. And I know from my own personal experience that it does work. Absolutely. People wouldn't, and let's just go, people would not be using this from the beginning of time if it didn't work. If there wasn't validity to it, whether we understand exactly how it all works in a way that's quantifiable in a lab 
you know, you and I are both like that. And then there are people who are always going to be like, you know, hey, uh, show me. Okay, right. well, take these stones home and work with them for a week and come back and tell me how you feel. Let's do it like that. Let's just do some sort of empirical evidence of your own experience. Well, but people don't think that that's valid. But it is valid because at the end of the day, the funny thing is, is we can talk about how this foundation of it works, of lithotherapy based on entrainment, <laughs> vibrational frequency, the history and all these things. But really what it culminates in, what it really gets to is how we have a relationship with stones, how we're connecting with them is through our consciousness. Right. So, I mean, in classic Marilyn and Melissa style, mm -hmm. we always like to reference the alchemist. I'm going to bring it up once it's again. It's truly a thing. But it's true. We started with the knowing that stones work right. because out of a sheer act of desperation right. and a set of synchronistic events where the stones presented themselves at the exact moment that they like needed to all teachers, for physical healing. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. So we already believed it because we already experienced the truth of the healing, the physical healing that can take place, energetic healing, mm -hmm. so many things. And in our Western culture, we have this weird mentality about we're not going to bring in any alternative forms of healing until you're about to die. If there's nothing left in the Western medicine cabinet to do to you, then you can bring in your acupuncture, your Reiki, your stones. That's changing, though. But we have witnessed in a very short amount of time how that shift is happening. And because very you cannot deny radical transformational healing when it happens. What happens when you're scheduled to get a tumor removed and you've been doing work with stones and Reiki and you go back and there's no more tumor? You know, and it's happening all the time. But for us and for anybody who's lived with any kind of chronic pain or chronic illness, something that you don't even, you're in so much pain, you cannot remember what it feels like to feel normal. And for us, Melissa tends to pave the way on some certain avenues in our dynamic, in our relationship. And she definitely did with this. You were really the first one that was presented with some very dire physical straits situations. We get to a place where we incorporate things just because we're willing to be like, okay, well, what, what could it hurt? I'm being guided to do this. I'm just going to try it out. And lo and behold, what ends mm -hmm. up happening is we have this relationship for physical healing with stones, but the really cool thing that begins to happen is all the other doors with other aspects of the self that get to be opened up with utilizing and having relationships with stones. I mean, your stones become your best friends mm -hmm. in the sense that they know you, they know your energy, they know your frequency, and they're going to always be there. They are your stalwart allies. I know when I have my, my stones that I've used for years. I have a piece of malachite, mm -hmm. my very first mm -hmm. big piece I have. That stone literally saved my life. I mean, I'm not going to get into my personal retelling of that right now, but it did. It saved my life. 
And I will always have the utmost gratitude and reverence and love for that, for that stone because it was unwavering. Mm-hmm. right? It, it Not only is the vibrational frequency unwavering, but it was unwavering and steadfast in what it was going to do for me. And we f- can feel really attached to stones in a way that people may not have context for. And mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know. I just don't want you touching it or I don't want you doing this or I don't let anybody. Well, that's fine. There's a reason for that. Going back to what you were saying about how, how do people know what stones are mm-hmm. used for or what to use them for. A lot of this is brought through ancient wisdom. A lot of it has been passed down from generation to generation and through texts and all kinds of ways. But I think it's important to say that each person is going to have their own unique experience with a stone. Absolutely. And you can use these, there's lots of books, you know, they're, they're written by different people. So everyone kind of has a different idea Mm -hmm. of what stones correspond with, you know, certain physical or mental, emotional, spiritual ailments, Mm -hmm. let's just say, but you are going to just by working with your stones, you're going to develop your own unique relationship Mm -hmm. with that stone. And you are going to discover the things that it does for you. And it may not do that for everybody. Right. That's something unique and special because you're marrying basically mm-hmm. two vibrational frequencies. Right. And your vibrational frequency is unique. Mm-hmm. And when you start working with a stone, you may have completely different experiences that you could write a book about. Oh, well, well, we know that from our own personal experience of how we relate to stones individually. Yes, and, and you may find and discover that they do all kinds of other things for you that mm. you're not finding in a book. And that, right. that's pretty cool, and it's amazing. If you go down this, you want to explore this more in your own life, and we've got books that we recommend. You can go to our website. We've got all of our recommended material as far as stones go. You will see commonalities amongst things for physical healing. Mm-hmm. And when you see common denominators emerge amongst uh, a variety of writers and, and people who are speaking to these qualities of the stones, that's always a good sign too, especially if you don't know what stones to go to and say you are taking the approach of, I am trying to work on X, Y, and Z with my physical health. So I'm going to look into what might be the best stone for me to do that with. And in doing that, you will begin to see that there is some there there is commonality amongst yeah. a lot of different things. So and we still come across some really unique physical issues that people are having that we know nothing about and didn't and didn't realize that's the what stones to be able to incorporate and we also know that when you're working with crystals what we recommend when we're talking to our clients about this is you ultimately need to be listening to yourself this goes back to something we've talked about and i think in our last episode that importance of having that internal bond with your higher self. So the messages and your guidance is clear on what you should be working with. Don't ever deny what stones and crystals you're being guided to pick for yourself. It's very important. You don't always have to know why 
And hopefully you mm-hmm. can get to the point where you just won't even question it at all. And, and you're just being intuitively guided because you have such a strong relationship with yourself and a strong relationship with the mineral kingdom. Exactly. Because you're connecting with a consciousness. Exactly. You're connecting with a consciousness. And the being. consciousness of that stone is going to understand your consciousness. Yes. It's a two-way street there. You're developing a friendship, a relationship. Mm-hmm. You are. And it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't. It's like dealing with people. Sometimes you can feel instantly connected to another human being and you're just like, where have you been my whole life? And then other times, maybe you have to be around them a few times. They're just not, you're just not quite connecting with them. And then all of a sudden they may just say something or you might just out of the blue find a point of connection and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. I get you now. I understand what you're going to, what we're doing. And it can be like that with your minerals. It absolutely can. Yes. I mean, I know for physical healing, there were stones that I had in that bag for working with my issues that I was not ever drawn to. But I also knew the power of what those properties were Mm -hmm. and why my physical vessel needed that frequency in there. So... You're developing new relationships when you're choosing to work with stones. Sometimes you're going to work with certain stones for a certain amount of time, and that journey is done. That relationship is complete, and you'll you'll know it. And you'll know it. With that being said, this would be a good time to talk about some practical elements of lithotherapy and bringing that into your own personal life into your, you know, uh, your routine of what you're doing on a daily basis. And there is a group of stones we affectionately refer to as the essentials. And the reason why we call these the essentials is because each one of these stones is serving a very broad function like if you could only have five stones right these would be the ones because they're covering all the bases they're affordable they're Mm -hmm. easy to get right invaluable these stones are going to be black tourmaline smoky quartz amethyst rose quartz and a quartz point there's five Black tourmaline is a grounding, transmuting, protection stone. With these chaotic times that, that we're a lot of people in. are experiencing where there's there's just a lot of chaotic energy right now in the world. And people still have to go out in the world. People are getting up and having to drive and commute to work and to do the grind. And having to deal with difficult situations or stress or any anything that is going to be making you feel stressed out. And having black tourmaline in your field or mm. near your body really helps transmute that chaotic energy and brings it into balance and harmony. It's going to get your whole being into a neutral position. And it is extremely protective and grounding. It's a very calming stone. If any anybody's ever feeling any type of anxiousness or worry if you're holding on to a piece of black tourmaline you are going to truly within a matter of moments feel like all the gears have shifted and you're going to feel way more calm and internally centered so 
it's a valuable stone to have. Smoky quartz. That's another amazing stone for protection. Not just used for, for sunglasses. Not just for sunglasses. In the 1100s. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about these stones, they're going to come in a variety of forms. You can get polished pieces. You can get rough pieces. You can get terminated quartz pieces and smoky quartz. Or maybe it's just easier and more affordable for you to have a polished piece. That's okay, too. It's still doing its job. It's still going to be mm-hmm. assisting you. Amethyst is also a beautiful protection stone. It's also a stone to be connecting you with all that is, source, divine, God, whatever term you want to call spirit. It's a great stone for clarity. It's also another great stone for being centered. It's a high vibrational stone. We would it's call a it very a, soothing and peaceful But it's very stone. soothing and peaceful. It's very calming. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's people, what everyone needs now. People need to calm down. <laughs> people do need, need to calm, to calm down. Calm down because these are definitely tumultuous times that we are finding ourselves in, and everybody needs to have some serenity, some grounding, <laughs> serenity some calming. Now. Serenity now. Rose quartz. The, the love sweetest. Stone. The, the sweetest. Stone. The love stone. Your heart. <laughs> yeah. It just exudes love. It's pink. It's beautiful. It's quartz. It's amplifying this energy of love, the frequency of love. Mm -hmm. It's very soothing. It's a soothing stone. It is amplifying a frequency of love. Absolutely. It's turning the dial up Mm -hmm. on the love frequency. It is. And you feel the love when you are... Holding a piece of rose quartz just or lay looking down and put at it, it on your chest, even just or, looking at right, it, right? Hold it in your hand. Yeah. The quartz point, boy. There's not a human that doesn't love a piece Jack of quartz. Jack of all trades. It is definitely the lunch of Blaine mm-hmm. of the mineral world in the sense that it it's going to amplify whatever it's around. Mm-hmm. Clear quartz. Keep that in mind. It's just going to amplify if you don't program it with an intention. It is a programmable mineral. The quartz is. So it likes to have a job to do. You can also use it to amplify the vibrational frequency of other stones. Absolutely. So if you're wanting to, say, give your black tourmaline a boost or your Mm -hmm. rose quartz, you can put your quartz next to it. There's a variety of reasons why we recommend having a quartz point, but above all else, it's that it's going to amplify the frequency of all of the other stones that you have. So just starting with those, you cannot go wrong. That's your essentials. That's your toolkit. People talk about cleaning stones when you get them and doing these things. There's lots of information on practices Mm -hmm. for cleaning stones our perspective once again was discovered when we got really into sound healing and using sound tools Mm -hmm. and because we see clients and there's a turnover and you know Mm -hmm. we need a a quick way to kind of very efficient way clear clear the stones and so Mm -hmm. we began using sound Mm -hmm. to clean stones so either um, using a singing bowl or tuning forks or chimes. If mm-hmm. it, in a pinch, you can use the sound of your own voice. Just tone. You can, you can hold the hold it in your hand and tone into you it. You can even, you know, I mean, sometimes I feel drawn to actually put it right oh, on yeah. my throat, mm-hmm. and to feel I can that feel the whole thing vibrating. Mm-hmm. 
we tend to clean stones right when we get them mm-hmm. because we don't know where they've been and no. what they've been through. And we're kind of wanting to think of it like it's a reset button. You're hitting a reset button. You're kind of trying to reset it back to its DOR. And it's original frequency. You are in a ritualistic way stating you and I are going to be working together and in honor of that connecting of the consciousness of right. your, you and the stone. And so when you first get stones, that's when you want to clean them. After the initial cleaning, there really is no need to clean your stones again if they are for your personal use. You're developing a relationship with these with these minerals. There is a lot to be said by after you've been working with the stone very intently and intensely. That from our perspective and in our opinion, if you're going to clean that stone after you've been working with it like that, with the exception of the quartz point, it would be like erasing the memory of a good friend in starting over because that's what's going to happen when you reset it with sound. Mm-hmm. And there's, I'm, I know that for me, there's probably been one other time where I, w- I felt guided. Mm-hmm really guided to reset to reset my stones yeah it is not our belief system that stones hold negative energy and need to be cleaned all of the time because we do believe that you're developing a relationship and you would not want to erase the memory of your best friend and have to have it be like groundhog day and starting over every day Right. And like you said, that's our belief system. People, of course, have been drawn to be cleansing. And I'm also going to go ahead and throw it in there right now, charging your stones. Uh, According to phases of the moon, according to special times of the year. And to that, we say, always do what you feel guided to do. The only caveat I would say to that is please understand what minerals that you are putting outside under the full moon or the new moon because some things don't like to get wet and some stones don't like to be in direct sunlight. Mm -hmm. And we mean this from a very practical geological perspective of what can happen to a mineral in these types of conditions you want to make sure and know that your stones aren't going to fade the color isn't going right. to fade if you've got a piece of swiss quartz or swiss fluorite you really want to be careful about having that in direct sunlight those minerals are formed under such extreme extreme pressures that if they are exposed to a lot of direct sunlight they can crack i mean it's especially with fluorite swiss fluorite we don't want you to have any stone friend the, casualties. Right. No need for casualties. Halite, which How, is basically right. a salt. salt crystal. So if you put it out in the full moon, you're going to wake up to a puddle of salt water is right. what you're going to wake up to. So just know what stones you're mm-hmm. taking outside. Occasionally, I feel like some of my stone friends want to go outside in yes. the sun or just to be on the ground. Yes. And I'll take them outside. I try not to forget that they're out there and intend to go out after a certain Mm -hmm. period of time to retrieve Mm -hmm. them so that they're not out all night. Right. But that's a beautiful thing. These are all kind of 
ritual practices that you can do with your stones too once you get to know them you know especially having them in the sun absorbing all that those photonic light codes and light is information and you know having your stones and crystals um, if they want to go outside Mm -hmm. in the sunlight is really beautiful because you know especially quartz I would think would be taking that all in as information and then you put it on your body and it, you know, continues the transmission, which is really beautiful. Mm -hmm. So yeah. What are some of the things Mm -hmm. you do with your stones? You know, I'm like you, there are times that I really feel guided to have them out in the sun. There used to be a time years ago that I really incorporated my stones into my moon rituals Definitely during certain times of the year, whether that's the equinox, these natural rites of passage, I used to feel very compelled to do that. I, in full disclosure, do not feel like that. I don't feel like that anymore. I haven't in a really long time put any stones out in the moon. I just... Yeah, I haven't either. I just haven't. And I can reflect upon my own journey and feel like that's just because we're transcending into new paradigms once again. And that as with all things, we do what we feel guided and what we feel is in resonance with where we are. There are times that I do feel like having them outside in the sun. Mm -hmm. I also drive around in my car and I have in my little cubby on my dash. Yes, you have a lot of stones. I have a lot of stones up there that are really important to me. And it started off with having my protection, my, my, my essentials, if you will. I have my, I've got a couple of pieces of smoky quartz with black tourmaline on it that they've grown together. My amethyst quartz point that I have, a cluster. I have a cactus quartz, a.k.a. spirit quartz. That's a clear one. Originally, it started out as that, but then other friends decided they wanted to come along. And, of course, I have my rose rocks up there because, to me, that's really representative of where I come from in this lifetime, from from Oklahoma, because rose rocks are found on two places Mm -hmm. on the entire planet, here in Oklahoma and in Israel. That's a visual reminder for Mm -hmm. myself. With that being said, here in in, in Oklahoma in the summertime, I have to have my sunshade up in my windshield because it gets really, really hot. And I worry about certain things happening. Like starting a fire. Like starting a fire. Your your car just goes up in flames. It could happen. It could happen. It's like when you point the sun underneath a magnifying glass. We made a grid once. We made a grid and it burned. And, And it was starting to smoke. It was starting to smoke. So that's a real thing. And I don't want my car to blow up. Okay. And I leave the window cracked to make sure there's some airflow. <laughs> but I have lots of stones now on there. I've got a piece of tug to bite up there. Like I've got my shrine. malachite. I've and got my astrophilite. I've got iolite. Visual reminders, I think it's important and it kind of ties into what we were talking about last podcast, mm-hmm. which is that it is really important. I mean, stones do so many things. And one of the cool things that they do is to act as a visual reminder of your spiritual path. Totally. A a visual reminder of like switching gears and you see them Mm -hmm. and you just feel that connection and the love Mm -hmm. or you're reminded of what it is that you're working with them. Right. 
on whatever issues it is mm -hmm. that you're 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 tackling together mm -hmm. you know? oh yeah i've got some people out there that just they love seeing those crystals i have yet to meet a person that says i hate crystals and <laughs> i know we've met some people who've been indifferent yeah there's been a Quite a few people that are indifferent. They just don't know that they love stones yet. That's really what it is. They just don't know yet because it never <laughs> occurred to them. And then they come here and they're like, oh, my God, I need stones. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Wait, welcome. Wait, you and know, even if you think here. you don't, we're going to give you some just to try them out. Which goes back to the stone library. You know, that's what we would do with clients. Here, take these home. Work with them. Yeah. Work if with them for the next them, month. Bring them back. Bring them back. Well, the joke was on us because people fell in love with them and they kind of kept them sometimes. A lot of people brought them back, but some people kept them. And that was okay. You know, what yes. are you going to do? It's totally. not like you're, you got a bookie that's going to run you down. Like, <laughs> you know, bring in the muscle to go get the stones. <laughs> like a collector. Maybe we should hire the rock. We need the repo man. <laughs> the we need rock. The rock. We need The Rock. We'd rather have The Rock or Chris Rock. You can fucking keep Kid Rock because he ain't going to do shit. But I would take Chris. Chris Rock would go get the stones and The Rock. Dwayne and Chris would go get the stones. <laughs> go get The Rocks for sure. Uh-huh. I know. You're right. <laughs> so we don't, we don't employ those methods. Nobody's getting shook down for the stones. But... um it's it's no because we just we're we're always happy when the stones are being loved and treasured wherever Absolutely. they are. That's just yeah, there's nothing that's that. gonna give right. me a warm fuzzy right than thinking about someone loving their stones. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Because of the excitement that we mm -hmm. feel about it. Right. And we know what that feels like. And if you want to see some real excitement about stones, get your stones around a bunch of kids. Oh. Kids love stones. Kids, it's you can't keep them away. When we've gone into classrooms, we've taken our show on the road. It's total taken pandemonium. They, they, they can't help themselves. The we teacher has really, lost all control of the We haven't really gotten it down It's impossible. Because, yeah, we haven't keep absolute pandemonium from happening. The kids love the stones. They cannot help themselves because Give they the know the truth. Give the kids the stones. Give the kids the stones. Give and your so kids stones. If you've got kids who have trouble sleeping at night, they need a bag of sleep stones. Your kids have anxiety. We got a bag of stones for that. There's you a need stone help for with, everything. with focus and clarity. Whatever it is in your life, in your world that you need assistance with, there is a stone for that. For you, your kids, your home, your pets, your pets, the cats and the dogs. My little puppy who has since walked on, got her wings. Saint Mango. Saint Mango. The eternal saint of unconditional love and light. Precious angel. She had some solar plexus issues. Mm -hmm. She was a very she was a high energy dog that had a lot of control issues. Well, she was an Australian shepherd. Right. So she was used to being pretty active and, mm -hmm. and having something to do at all times. And when that couldn't happen exactly on her timetable, she kind of got a little mopey and she would always when I would do a chakra check on her she would always have just mm -hmm. a little you know she'd have some some solar plexus issues which is where that 
power and control is is seated, right? And acceptance. And I always had a piece of citrine Mm -hmm. and a yellow jasper. Yellow jasper all in her water bowl. Mm -hmm. Now I'm suggesting that, but I'm also going to tell you that you're really going to want to research what stones to put into water. You don't want anything toxic. Right. There's all kinds. You need to really have information on the web. Yeah. Don't just willy nilly go putting (laughs) stones in water dishes or your own drinking glass until you have checked the toxicity of that mineral because there are lots of minerals that are not safe for internal consumption. The jury is still out on me drinking that moonstone water (laughs) for like a week. I know. I think there was a difference. (laughs) Is that where my memory loss happened? (laughs) Got a little early onset. What's my excuse? Really? What is well, your excuse? You didn't I, drink the moonstone water. I remember when I briefly had that piece of amber in my water. And, I drank and amber until it was disappeared. It was mine was the disappeared, resin, the but resin. I didn't want it to be disappeared. I didn't want it to be disappeared. But when I you, mean, we were like, this thing has been around for for millions of millions years, millions of years, and in the rain, <laughs> and you can't survive my water bottle Not for my chlorinated. You know, I mean, it didn't stop the moonstone from evaporating and me drinking a bunch of aluminum, did it? No. <laughs> Yeah, be so careful. Check the toxicity. You of don't want to get if you don't know what you're doing. You don't want to be making don't any be gem playing elixirs. around with that, right? But make sure you look into it. There's tons of resources online to check out whether or not something is safe for internal consumption through some type of elixir that you would make by putting it in your water. Okay. However, with that being said, I think it's an excellent example of incorporating stones in two different ways. Some people, I see people making wire wrapped Mm -hmm. charms for their dog's collars or for their cats. Now cats are a little different, of course, because they're different beings, but. And you, and your pet is going to, you're going to know, I mean, mango would run the other direction Mm -hmm. if you pointed a quartz point at her. Oh yeah. They're a little too sensitive. She would flip Mm -hmm. out. So, I mean, I obviously wouldn't want to have that in her field anymore. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, before you do any of these things, kind of get to know how Uh your pet experiment on yourself first as well. (laughs) Right. Well, of course, I hope that that goes without saying, Uh, well, I'm saying it, but yeah, that brings us right to a beautiful place where I would like to talk about some helpful hints for using your stones. And this is some information that is on our website, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit here. So these are just some really fun ways that you can connect with your stones, practical ways that you can get to know the energy of of your stones. So one of the fun things that we did when we first started using stones was getting a stone that you didn't really know anything about and having it with you and carrying it around for a few days and sleeping with it and really just shifting gears a little bit to see if you can tune in to how you felt, how your day was. What was it like when you came in contact with things that are known stressors? Mm-hmm. Did you have any unusual physical sensations, you know, and really like keep a a journal of your experience with those stones. Right. Are you getting messages from your higher self? Is your intuition stronger? Yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, definitely. What's happening in the dream state? Are you feeling more relaxed? Just lots of really cool ways to experiment. Sleeping with your stones every night. 
sleeping with stones, you're literally laying there for six to eight hours where those stones can be in your field and doing the heavy lifting while you're asleep. You don't even have to be awake. You don't even have to be doing anything. How do you sleep with the stones? You put them in a bag. You can That's get, the easiest you way can to get keep them from it, rolling all you, over the Right. Place. You just put them in a bag and put them on the part of your body where you're wanting to be working with them. My bag that was my sacral chakra bag of stones that I worked with for a couple of years was a wool bag. It was a Pendleton wool bag that had a zipper on it. And it was the best bag because I knew rolling back and forth, it would be there right where I needed it to be. I would have a bag for my throat and I would place it next to my throat and I know that it's going to be there. I'm not getting poked or anything like that. Let's not forget about the third eye bands that Teal made us. Teal, our (laughs) intrepid producer, who's also a wizard. He's also a stone lover. He's a stone mineral lover. But he created these awesome headbands that had these little pockets for your third eye and you could tuck it in there. They were adjustable. Adjustable. Go to sleep at night. Don't even have to worry about that third eye stone. It just stays right right there. Because I'm a side sleeper. So what I end up doing, if if I'm guided to work with a third eye stone for whatever reason, or I'm trying to connect with that energy, uh, the consciousness of that mineral, I would be just tucking it under my head a little bit, right there in that third eye area, that zone. The headband, oh my God, it's so cool. It's so cool. We often talk about developing all kinds of clothing that you I could want have pockets to put stones in. I know, seriously. There needs to be like some underwear <laughs> that has pockets for stones. If anyone is listening, these are some million dollar ideas right now. We're just the You're gift. Welcome. We're just handing them to just you. Right and left. Out like free money. Well, and remember Indigo. Mm-hmm. My oldest daughter, who works with children with autism, oh, yeah. you know, always has wanted someone to create a, a blanket a that has blanket stones, with stones in it. it. Could you imagine like a black, black tourmaline, tourmaline? I know. A black tourmaline weighted blanket. We've talked about that one for years. That's Once really... Once again, more gold. Someone make it. Make Some it, of you awesome happen. people listening, right. make, make this blanket. Make it, because the world needs it. So we've got, we've got sleeping with your stones. Yes. We've got trying the exercise of picking a stone. You you don't even know what it is. What else you got? Meditate with your stones. Now, stones are going to be doing a lot of things. If you already have a meditation practice, it can only be enhanced by adding stones. If you feel guided during your meditation. You can hold uh, stones in your hand while you're doing your meditation. If you're lying down to meditate, which we recommend because people are a little bit more relaxed. But if you're laying down, you can put those stones on your third eye. You're not falling asleep and rolling over. So they're going to stay there on your heart, anywhere along your chakra system, basically, of course. And I would be saying whatever it is you're working on, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, incorporating those stones to those corresponding chakras that need to be balanced or energized or opened up. Bring them on there. Put them on there while you're meditating. We've done 
all kinds of amazing exercises with people who have come for classes or private mentoring when we're talking about consciousness and crystals and how the interface for connecting with crystals is through your consciousness. And as we know, meditation is a huge part of that. So many things can happen. We've done all kinds of exercises of measuring the field Oh yeah, of a crystal, mm-hmm. measuring, measuring your own right. auric field or etheric field, say uh-huh. with copper rods and just measuring where your energetic field ends, and then having people get into a, a, an aligned meditative state and holding a crystal where it's amplifying that frequency of peace and alignment and oh my gosh the field it, is blown it, it, out it's, it's, it's so, so big you can we barely even can You'd measure it without two yards over for real and that's no joke that is no joke we've had to do that we're like okay we'll keep backing up keep backing up well now you're down the street yeah. so it's when you can do these fun little exercises and experiments yourself all that's doing is just verifying for your own, with your own eyes through your own experience what these stones and these crystals are going to do intention. for you and your intention which as we know if you need everything anything to verify what right. your intention can do and, and through, your own consciousness right. can do and through meditating you're connecting your consciousness with the consciousness of the stone all of these things begin to come together in such a profound way that I'm going to say from my own personal experience, it was undeniable what they were going to do. The depth, the scope, the intensity. Yeah. Clear as it, there's, why wouldn't you be using them? You know, that's all. I mean, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> well, it boggles the mind. It does boggle the mind. It definitely boggles my mind. Boggles my mind. What else you got in your fun little bag of suggestions? Keep a dream journal. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. If you weren't already, mm-hmm. you definitely and that can be an audio to, diary. Because once you know what these stones do for you, mm-hmm. then it's just like you're you're use, you're picking a tool to do a job. So I mean, if you have if you know that whenever I use this stone, I have past life recall mm-hmm. or I dream about other lifetimes or I'm getting this information or, or i I'm dreaming about that specific person and working with 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 these types of issues Mm -hmm. the next time you want to work on something like that you want to pick that that stone stone. absolutely and that's the beautiful thing about stones you know is that you're really going to want to to pay attention to how they're working with you so keeping a dream journal i know that definitely the relationship that you can have with your stones and how they affect your consciousness when you're in the sleep state it just furthers your journey and your c- deeper connection to yourself, which in turn is going to have a huge impact on your daily life and how you see yourself, you know, the love that you have for yourself, your connection to everything, to everybody, to all that mm-hmm. is. I mean, it can only do amazing things. It's only going to expand. Yes, absolutely. I it's mean, I ha- having said that, I mean, I, there are some stones that can be some stern taskmasters. There are stern taskmasters <laughs> in the mineral. In the realm of consciousness. Yes, I mean, you may, you may be exploring with a stone mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, some things are brought to your awareness mm-hmm. about yourself that you may not be so excited to see, but you it's you still equally as important, ab- oh, totally. if not more. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, there's one stone, and I'll I'll say the name of it for me. Well, it's blue barite that I keep hidden away in a box and I am only bringing it out when I'm like, okay, show me what you got. Like, am mm-hmm. I ready to see this? I don't know. We, we tend to incorporate <laughs> that with people that need a little bit of, uh, an awakening <laughs> that's only going to happen through, um, you know, a stern taskmaster that's going to, you got nowhere show to you hide some things right. that, about yourself right. that, you can't run, you can't hide. Yeah, it's it's definitely... There's nowhere to go. I would say from my personal experience, it's a revealer of some very potent and powerful truths. Yes. That so. I have shielded myself from wanting to see and or acknowledge. But... It's also an awesome stone to have that kind of like lightning bolt from on high mm-hmm. to come down and God. blow up your third eye in a really very potent way. Yes. We don't pull that out with just anybody. So, you know, there are those stones that are just like, oh, okay, maybe it's time for me to work with you again. <laughs> going to see what you're going to show me and what you're going to tell me. Yeah. It's always with what, once again, it always goes back to what do you feel guided to be working with and to trust that. And to trust it. Yes. And, and keeping, and to go keeping a dream journal it. and, mm-hmm. and kind of keeping a log of mm-hmm. what, what's, what kind of dreams you're having with each stone mm-hmm. is, is a great way to it once is. again, get to know the stones and get to know yourself. Yeah. Nothing going wrong there. I think we've already said this, but there are a lot of good books on stones and minerals Mm -hmm. out there. Pick one that resonates with you. Yeah, you can visit our website to look at the books that we've listed that we recommend. And you're not going to get a bad one. You just have to go by what you feel guided on that. Getting to know the the composition Mm -hmm. and the properties and when something comes from Brazil or it's only found in Madagascar or, I mean, I, well, it's to really, me, I love that because yeah. I see the earth as one big, beautiful consciousness. And mm-hmm. of course, every spot on the earth is going to be special mm-hmm. and unique and it it have its own vibrational frequency completely. And so when you, when I think of these places, mm-hmm. I like, I love to think of the, the connection with the earth mm-hmm. in that specific way. So I get real excited whenever. Well, and um, finding we, out where things come from. Oh, yeah. When you also have an understanding about where things actually come from, that's also going to help you in knowing when it comes time to buying stones if something that you're looking at may be real or maybe a lab or you don't quite trust the validity of what it is being sold. This, this is kind of going into this other element of working with stones is how do you choose stones? How do you find minerals and crystals? I think if you're just starting sources, you know, try your local rock shop. You are never going to go wrong with trying your local rock shop. And pretty much every place is going to have one. 
somewhere there's going to be some dude and some talk to woman the people there. running see see right. they, they actually know their stones mm-hmm. i mean most people that run a local rock shop are going to know a lot about stones they're going to know about it they're going to they may not believe or it uh, subscribe to the belief Absolutely. system that stones and minerals are used specifically mm-hmm. for healing but they will also once you get to talk to them as we have so many, many people ever. they know how they feel i feel when good they're... when i hold that rock it makes <laughs> me feel good well there you go that's the starting point yes thank you <laughs> rock people love nothing more than to talk about rocks i mean i can go into any rock shop anywhere and i will be there for hours because i'm gonna if if, if the owner is there whoever's there working that rock shop they're very excited about getting to have this in their world on a regular basis. And some people who have rock shops are going to maybe be rock hounds themselves. That means they're going to go out into the field and dig and get these stones that they're adding or some, you may find Gus over there and two towns over. He, he's always bringing me stuff. He finds these things and brings them up. People in those local, in your local area are going to be, also collecting and providing stones to those local rock shops. It's just a great resource to connect with people. I would also say if you really get into stones, join your local mineral and gemological society club. It's another great way to be around people who know a lot about minerals and crystals from the geological perspective, which is extremely beneficial when it comes time to buying stones, Mm -hmm. the more, you know, about minerals of what you're interested in. Now, granted, there are tons of people that do nothing but collect. They're collectors. It's like Hank and breaking bad. They're minerals. Yes, they're minerals, but he just was a collector. Hank wasn't using those necessarily for healing, but who knows what they were doing to him really. However, he was in recovery, but he, he was in recovery when that. he got let's addicted not, to the minerals. Let's he had, not forget about exactly. that. He had been shot up shot one side and down the other. Up. He was paralyzed, paralyzed. And yeah. so, you Basically know, left who for knows? Dead. We don't really know what the minerals are doing other than we know what the minerals were doing. Okay. <laughs> so when you're getting involved, if you really like stones and you like doing this, you may even want to take it another step further and be like, I want to go dig for stones. I yeah. want to find a place to go. So for us, Oklahoma has some of the most pristine, amazing, finest quartz crystal on the planet. I'm speaking of my own personal experience. Sadly, you're not going to find But any. you're not going to find a quarry or a mine to be able to go dig that here in Oklahoma. However, right across the border, because the quartz beds don't end there at the state line, you got Arkansas. And in Arkansas, there is some of the most incredible, beautiful quartz crystal to ever be found on the planet. And you can go to a mine. It's digging into the side of the mountain. You're not, not, you're not going down under the ground. But you will find some local mom-and-pop mines that allow you to come in there with your coveralls and your bucket and your, and your little pickaxe. shovel and your pickaxe. And you can just go digging into that mountain all day long and you may pull up all kinds of amazing things. You just don't know what you're going to find. Mm-hmm. It is very exciting to get to do that. And it's exciting to be able to be in that moment and have all this gratitude for mother earth for p- providing these minerals to be able to work with. So I mean, every state, every country, there's every there, area is going to, you're going to find minerals everywhere. That people right. rock home for if you're in Maine, guess really what? Cool. Good luck. You got, you got access to all those pegmatites and tourmalines, some of the most incredible fluorites. 
There's not a place on the planet that doesn't have minerals. And when you know where something comes from, you know that that mineral only occurs in a few places on the planet and you see a seller that's trying to sell you something, calling it something that you know it doesn't ever come from there, then that's some good information to know. It's going to help you. Everybody should be knowledgeable about what to look for when it comes mm-hmm. to buying stones. So you are an informed consumer and you're an informed collector and you're going to know what you're getting is bona fide and real and true. There's all kinds of other little elements to look for. An excellent, excellent resource that we have listed on our website that uh, I'm going to give to you. It's www.mindat.org. That's M-I-N-D-A-T.org. That is a beautiful, amazing website full of information on every mineral, every mineral that is known and has been identified. And there's more new mineral discoveries all the time. This is an ever-expanding field, actually. You can verify the location origin. You can verify and understand what is the hardness of a mineral. Is there really a stone that's going to have that inclusion in it? Whatever it is you're looking for, you're going to find it on MindAt. We also sponsor the the Tug to Pipe we page do. on MindAt because <laughs> Tug to Pipe is truly our all-time favorite mineral and we could do a whole show on tug to pie we we're not, we're not going to talk about it any it more than that but stone of the most unconditional we proudly love. sponsor the tug to bite page on mind and you know if there's some mineral on there that you like always look to see because not everything has a sponsor and it only helps mind out and we feel like what they're doing is really really important and we want to support that we wanted to put our financial support and to also elevate tug to pipe because we believe it's a really important mineral. So it's a win-win. It's a win-win-win for everybody. You know, when you're purchasing minerals and crystals, inevitably people are going to buy things online. There are lots of sellers on Instagram now. So you can always research and find some really wonderful people that are serious dealers collecting those minerals themselves and they're selling them or they're working directly with a mine or they have those connections. So Instagram actually is a wonderful resource, I think, when it comes to buying stones. Once again, educate yourself before you buy something. Mm -hmm. Check that seller out. What's going on with what they're selling? There are imposter minerals out there. There are lots of things that are made in labs that are sold off as real and natural, Mm -hmm. especially with the rarer gems and minerals so always look at the comments is it a trusted source always educate yourself to the best of your ability on understanding what it is you're buying especially if you have a piece and you can't live without you get into buying rare minerals you're going to spend a few hundred dollars on them and you want to make sure what you're getting is real and that it is from a good source you are going to come across terms that are going to describe specific qualities of stones. And when you see that, especially on an eBay listing and people are talking about inclusions or chatoyancy, utilizing geological terms to describe things, for me personally, I take that as a good sign. This is somebody who knows rocks and minerals and they're not describing it as Mm -hmm. a Lemurian crystal. Okay. 
there's a lot of people out there schlepping Lemurian crystals that are not Lemurian crystals. It's a specific type of quartz formation. And when people don't know what they're getting, they can pay a lot of money for something and not be what they thought it was going to be. So really check everything, especially when you're going to be spending a lot of money on something. Other than that, get out there and explore stones, minerals, support your local rock shops. Even if it's a metaphysical shop, a lot of metaphysical shops will have a lot of stones for sale and crystals. And maybe that's the only thing you got in your town. Go in there and check it out and just see what they have. Lithotherapy is a really huge topic for us. And we, there are so many aspects to it that we love discussing and having conversations about. And we cannot possibly encompass every aspect of that in a single episode. But I feel like we did cover a lot of the bases of what it is, how it works, where did it come from, how do I use it. And during these times that we are all living in where our paradigms are shifting, we're creating new realities of what we want to be, it only is going to benefit all of us to be having these allies that have been here from the beginning for millions and millions, and in some cases, billions of years. So your homework assignment, if you choose to accept it, if you're ready to make some magic in your life, is to find a stone and spend some time with it and keep a journal and sleep with it and pay attention to your dreams. Just see for yourself what kind of awesome, amazing benefits using stones has and yeah see for yourself Mm -hmm. well it's the only way that anybody learns anything is through the doing and for everybody to feel that they're creating their own relationship with stones and minerals they have to embark upon that path themselves yeah it's not something that you can just read about you have to do it absolutely right yes as some people have experienced we we've we've <laughs> talked for four hours five hours longer about than that stones. people have been longer held hostage one longer <laughs> than that there was stockholm syndrome <laughs> beginning to set in and then they crossed over oh they love it happens after the it. glazing of the eyes they <laughs> you've gone that. down a wormhole on <laughs> the breastplate <laughs> of Aaron. and they were Lost and they him. really just wanted to know if we had a piece of red calcite. <laughs> I just <laughs> wanted to know how to use rocks. <laughs> okay, well, we tried to do that. <laughs> tried to do that for you. As with all things, you can go to our website, bethelightrocks.com, and find all of these resources, links to the things we've talked about today that you can investigate on your own. And we are eternally grateful for each and every one of you and we are so happy to be able to connect in this way and we hope that you will join us again on our next episode Be The Light Podcast is produced by Teal Hobson Lowther our amazing theme music was lovingly created by Frequency Jones 
visit our website, BeTheLightRocks.com. Stay woke, y'all, and use your stones. Thank you.